My mom got really mad at me when I was a teenager because I found this baby skunk that had died on the side of the road and then I like buried it and had a funeral for it. And then I told her about it and she was like, you definitely have rabies and you're going to die. But I didn't. My name is Isaac Fitzgerald. My name is Summer Ann Burton. And this is The Tell Show. It's our podcast that's all about oversharing and vulnerability, and we just love to tell stories and hear stories and just be human beings together. Really just get into it and get messy. And we have a guest that I am personally just so stoked about. She is a poet and essayist named Melissa Broder. She just came out with a book called So Sad Today, which is also the name of her amazing Twitter account, which you should be following. You should definitely be following So Sad Today. So Sad Today is just like relatable hashtag relatable every single day and I say that like it sounds like I'm being sarcastic but it really it's all about anxiety and feelings of vulnerability and it just rings true every single day yeah yeah and we're going to talk about one of my favorite subjects in the world today which is romance you seem like a very romantic person I am romantic. <laughs> like you said that. Like, thank you for noticing. <laughs> I am. I am. I'm a very romantic person. I think that I like things that I would describe as like genuinely romantic, which to me is defined as like someone recognizing something about you and like going out of their way to do something for you that is related to them seeing you really clearly. Oh, that's a really <laughs> good way to put it. <laughs> um, and like appreciating you and loving you. And um, so I was thinking about what I think the most romantic things that have ever been done for me are. And I had a boyfriend who picked me up at work and he told me he had a surprise for me. And he drove me up north, North Austin, and we went, got to this shopping center and it was this pet store uh, that I had never heard of or seen before. And it turned out that at that pet store, they had a rescued sloth. <gasps> and as anyone who knows me knows, sloths are my favorite animal. And I have a sloth tattoo currently, which I didn't have at the time, but I love sloths. I have loved sloths since I was a young girl. And I just think that they are the most magical alien creatures on the planet and I had never met a sloth or seen one up close before. And so he took me into the pet store and I got to see the sloth and it was, I cried <gasps> and it was just the best date at like moment of my life. Oh my God. Yeah. It was really sweet. I love that. Yeah. I mean, like you, you seem like a less romantic person than I am. But like you have it in you somewhere deep down. Yeah, I think my you. I like to, I'm like on the other end of that. Like I do. I like to set the bar really low so that if <laughs> if I do like bring you wine and take you to a park at night, it's like holy shit. Yeah. This <laughs> yeah. And that's kind of a, it's a philosophy for life, really. Just low bars, uh -huh, um, uh -huh. low expectations, yeah, and then just exceed them. Yeah, exactly. So it started all for me in kindergarten. <laughs> uh, there was this girl Vanessa. Ooh. Yeah, man, Vanessa. She yeah. had like the barrettes in her hair she was like a minx as far as you know we're all <laughs> kindergartners go right exactly exactly and so uh she had this there's this other problem though there's this other kid oliver who also liked vanessa <gasps> so like one day these are like such good names for this story but anyway i'm sorry go ahead <laughs> one day at like 
playground recess or maybe it was gym i can't she was just like look you guys are going to have a contest and whoever wins these like four trials will get to be my boyfriend and like we were like yes we are in uh and so there was like a race there was like a rope for us to climb I don't know if I can really remember what the other two trials and tribulations are, but let's just say that Oliver crushed it. Oliver, like, I don't think I even got my feet off the ground uh, on the rope. Uh, Oliver, on the other hand, took care of everything. But uh, Vanessa still walked over and started kissing me. <laughs> and yes. <laughs> Poor like, Oliver. Yeah, hey, listen, the story's about me and how <laughs> things worked out for me. <laughs> um, but it was amazing. But here's the thing. She didn't just, like, smooch me. She, like, used tongue. <laughs> like, a kiss I had never experienced before in my entire of life. Of course not. You were in kindergarten. Right. So yeah, and uh, so there I was. Uh, but uh, basically, I got in trouble for this kiss. Like like a teacher saw, and I got in trouble, and they called my mom. Uh, and my mom walked in, and obviously nobody had truly explained the situation to her because she was like, Isaac, you can only kiss people that you love, and you are too young. You only love people <laughs> who are your family. <laughs> and in my head, I was like, nobody in my family has ever kissed me like that. But that's it. That's that's <laughs> the end. that's that's my romance. Our guest today is Melissa Broder. She is a poet and essayist and the creator of the amazing So Sad Today Twitter account. She has a new book of essays by the same title. It's out now. It's amazing. I just read it. I laughed. I cried. I, that's literally true. People say that, but in this case, it was actually true. Um, Melissa, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Yeah, you live tweeted the book with a, a nice sandwich. <laughs> yeah. um, Melissa is going to tell us a story. We're going to talk about romance, but um, first we're going to loosen up with a game of Never Have I Ever. Yeah, Never Have I Ever. How do you play Never Have I Ever, Isaac? Oh, let me tell you about Never Have I Ever. Uh, basically, the way that one plays it is you state something that you yourself have never done. And then if you have done the thing, you ring a bell. And then uh, tell us a little bit of the story. Yep. Do you want to start? I'll start. Despite many other problems with my mouth, never have I ever chipped a tooth. <laughs> my bell's a little... Oh. <laughs> I hear it. I hear it, though. I hear it going. That's two bells. Two bells. Two bells. Melissa, have you, you chipped a tooth? I did. I chipped it actually like a couple months ago on a carrot. But the thing was, I hadn't been to the dentist in a couple years because I'm addicted to Nicorette gum. And like everyone's like everyone like is very codependent with me with the Nicorette gum. Like they all co-sign my bullshit. But then but except the dentist because it gives me like tongue issues. So I went in like at war. And of course, I was like chewing the Nicorette and to, to go <laughs> see about my tooth. And he's like, well, before we fix the tooth, we have to get you off the Nicorette. We have to fill eight cavities. And I was like, okay, maybe it would be easy for you to get off of Nicorette because, like, you went to med school and you're, like, a linear thinker. Like, you probably think with, like, the right brain or whatever. But I need a little something extra to get me through life. So, like, really, it's going to take you and, like, a village of therapists. Like, it's not just like, oh, you should just quit. Right. Like, this is all I have, Dr. Chang. I feel that. So you're still definitely chewing Nicorette. Oh, I actually have it in my hand right now. I took it out because I didn't want to be here. <laughs> I don't want to be like chomping on air. Yeah, yeah, no. Uh, how hard was this carrot? It was baby carrot. I don't know what happened, to tell you the truth. I really don't. I just remember feeling like, I was like, do I have a grain of sand in my mouth? Mm. And then I looked in the mirror and I was like, I'm ugly. So <laughs> I don't know. What about you? Uh, I, so I chipped my tooth. It's very like basically fourth grade. I get in a fight with a kid named Paul. 
uh, and he wins. Fucking Paul. Fucking Paul, man. I did not. We had. You know what? Actually, we became friends in like seventh grade. But uh, let me tell you, he won that fight. Uh, let's just be clear. Busted up my my grill pretty bad, and uh, my front tooth was just like broken. So I get it capped. Uh, no big deal. Many many years of my life go by. Don't think about. It, don't think about. It, don't think about it. Uh, and then one night. At this job, I just like am out partying after work and like don't have health insurance, but we do have like workers insurance while we're on the job. I'm out partying. I bust the the cap. It just like gets busted off. I fall down. So the next night, I like picked up all the pieces and I went into work the next day and I was like <laughs> mopping a floor and like my manager just like went into another room and I just like kicked the bucket and like threw the teeth down on the and I'm, like and just like fell down. I was like, oh no, what happened? <laughs> and the manager's like, there's no blood. I was like, I know it's crazy. I don't know what's going on. This is like treat like you committed like medical fraud. Yeah, like, never have I ever committed insurance fraud yeah <laughs> hey listen i was poor at the time and that that, that dentist did a great really job it did a great job yeah my my grill looks good now wow um my never have i ever is never have i ever like taken in a wild animal as a pet <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's two bells major bell on my part I mean, mostly baby birds. I would find a baby bird that had like fallen out of a tree and take it back to my house, take lots of pictures of it and video of my friends all holding it and then try to nurse it back to health. I think that one of the birds may have survived and flown away, but usually they died. But there was a survivor? Yeah. There was a survivor. I would focus on the survivor. Yeah, focus on that one that flew away. I mean, away. I, you know, I thought I fancied myself a wildlife rescuer. You I was, definitely subscribed to I Ranger tried. Rick, right? Oh, my God. <laughs> my first letter to the editor uh, was to Ranger Rick when I was seven years old, asking Ranger Rick how I could get people to stop killing animals for no reason. <laughs> Are you veg? I am. What about you, Melissa? Wild animals? Mostly just like frogs and um, fireflies. But mm. I have to tell you about like the most amazing pet that I had. I had this fish that I got from a carnival when I was three. And I'm really glad I get to talk about this fish in a public setting. So I got it from a carnival when I was three. It was just like a carnival fish that's supposed to live like, you know, whatever, a couple months. And it lived from, I swear, I swear, I can, my family <laughs> can vouch, from when I was three to when I was fifth. Wow! It lived twelve years, Holy and it shit. was huge. Yeah, it was one of the, it was like you know the fish tanks when you go to like fancy Chinese restaurants uh, in the front. Yeah, yeah. That it was it was like that kind of a situation. Do you have an ever have I ever, Melissa? Um, never have I ever been to Disney World. Oh, oh my god! I love that you asked this question because I have the weirdest story. Go go go! Oh no! Yes. <laughs> Um, so I was, a. this is like, I have been to Disney World. I was 14, but the crazy thing about it is that I was a very early adopter on the internet and I also was very active on Prodigy, which was similar to America Online, but nerdier. <laughs> and I was so active on Prodigy that I had like a volunteer job and my job title was Teens Liaison for the Disney fans bulletin board. <laughs> and what that meant was that I did teen outreach for the Disney fans bulletin board on Prodigy, and I ran Disney fan chat. But most of the people on the bulletin board were adults who were still into Disney. Like, it wasn't for kids. It was, like, mostly grown-ups. 
And so when I went to Disney World, I convinced my parents and my normal best friend who wasn't a weird nerd like me to meet my internet friends from the Disney Fans Bulletin Board at Disney World. And we met, we had dinner with like 15 adult Disney fans and me and my mom at the like Lady in the Tramp themed Italian restaurant. So, Melissa, you are going to tell us a story about following (laughs) a very uh, popular book that I remember clearly from like 15 years ago in a relationship. Okay, well, first of all, the only reason why I'm the reason why I'm telling this story is because literally in my book, I've basically divulged everything that. I never wanted to, you know, that I'd be frightened to divulge. So, like, I've got nothing. <laughs> so then I was like, all right, I'll just tell the story. Because for some reason, I always love telling the story. I think because I'm still, it still hurts, you know, so I'm, I still need to vent about it years later. Mm-hmm. So I was 21. I was living in Somerville, Massachusetts, where I went to school. And um, I had broken up. I had just broken up with um, a year prior with, like, the love of my young life, who was a fellow Jew like me, but also thought he was like a seeker. Like we thought we were these seekers and like we were like always on psychedelics and like having these trips. We like drove cross country to New Mexico and like took peyote. It was a very like mystical time. Um, But we were really just like two like sheltered Jews like on the (laughs) sort of on drugs. (laughs) So anyway, so I spent like the next year kind of like um, basically just, you know, as, as per usual, um, is my story just kind of like fucking different people and like getting like attached to them even though I didn't think I would get attached so one of the people that um, I hooked up with was my neighbor my next door neighbor and he was one of those like hot dudes who don't speak so like you can kind of project like pretty much an entire like personality onto them like really they can be anyone you want them to be until they like speak Um, and he was um, his name was Mike. So, like, Mike was, like, a D- He called himself a DJ, and his DJ <laughs> name was DJ Passionate. <laughs> um, and he, like, I remember I saw him after college, and my, one of my friends told me he was, like, DJing a McDonald's. I don't really know. But in college, so he basically <laughs> just DJed his room. At, so, like, at first when we hooked up, it was, like, he, like, ate pussy like a champ like he went for like I would say up to an hour and like I have this thing when I hook up with people because I have like low self-esteem that I always like when they're down there I always need to be like is it okay is it taking too long is your neck okay because I feel like I'm so like nervous that it's going to take me too long that it takes me like so long so you know and I get obsessed I get like obsessed with the duration and like I've had a dude say to me like do you want me to wear a visor that's like it's not taking too long (laughs) Um, because I just really need that reassurance but DJ passionate could just like go and he was like no like I just want you to take as long as it takes that was like the only thing he ever said high five for on that right on that front but just because he eats your pussy for an hour does not mean he's in love with you and I mistook that for love and this whole affair only lasted like two weeks but like in 21 when you're 21 two weeks is like you know it's a lifetime yeah so towards the end I started to just get the sense that like he was being like you know I wasn't getting texts back as much whatever so I went to the campus bookstore and I bought this book called the rules 
for those listeners who don't know, the rules, TM, um, is the time-tested secrets for capturing the heart of Mr. Right. It was a book that was popular, I think, in the early 2000s. Um, it's basically like how to keep a bro and like how to not fuck up a relationship. And it's sort of – they're like the antithesis of like any way that I ever approach a relationship because obviously I'm not a very buttoned-up person. Like I'm very just like let's talk about our feelings like – you know, for 48 hours, like, before we've even met. But I was like, okay, I need, I'm going to, like, turn this shit around. Like I, So I got the book, The Rules, at the Campus Bookstore. I, like, charged it to my student account, which was, um, you know, like, that went on my incidentals, which was, like, um, I think billed to my parents. So I got the rules. And, like, the main thing in the rules was, like, never ask where it's going, which I honestly think is bad advice. Like... <laughs> Like, I think if it's the one, it's like you can say anything, you know, like you don't have to not you can be who you are, like neuroses and all. And like you don't have to like sort of feign this like chill go with the flow demeanor if that's not who you are. Mm -hmm. So and better for it to like better to know in advance that like it's not going anywhere. But I was young and I was trying to lure DJ passionate, like maintain, you know, keep him in my pussy. And so, (laughs) you know, and also he like lived next door to me. So I would like see him drive in a lot. And it was just like it would be awkward if things ended. So um, we were supposed to like go out on like a real date. And my idea of a real date then, like I really like to go to the Pink Floyd laser show and get like at the Boston Planetarium. Yes. And I yes. yes. Get stoned. Get like yes. really stoned. Like bring my like lunchbox of drugs. Hell yeah. Oh my god, yeah. I hit that shit hard. <laughs> yeah. That I mean, come on. That it was a really good show. Really good. Uh, especially if you were high as hell. Yeah, no, I had my lunchbox of drugs and like my little like knee socks and my weird princess leia like hairdo and i was fucking deep in (laughs) the laser light show so dj passionate and i were supposed to do that together but he was like do you want to just come over um and hang out and i was like okay um but i went because like i'm never the person who like gets any sign like i just i will always like go like if someone right. I like says like I don't, I'm just not good at playing games so I went and we're like sitting in his room and it's like hot and he's like spinning in his like I don't know what he's spinning like some crap in his room <laughs> and like I'm getting like more and more wasted I'm drinking Red Bull and vodka I'm getting I'm like don't ask where it's going don't ask where it's going <laughs> and like the hours are clicking by and like his roommate shows no sign of leaving the room like clearly his roommate is being used as a decoy and like I'm like where and then finally like around two in the morning I was just like like vodka and red bulled out I was just like what are we doing and he was like well I didn't think we were doing anything and I was like oh and um I remember we like went to Burger King and I like tried to play it cool and then like I remember kind of like falling asleep like in his hot bed I think he did go down on me one more time like falling asleep (laughs) in his hot bed and like Feeling like I was like like we had eaten Burger King at like two in the morning and like I definitely like farted up the bed and like it was just like one of those situations where you're completely trapped and like the next morning just like walking home at six in the morning and just being like, well, I guess we weren't doing anything. And the thing is, is like I don't know that DJ passionate that affair that like little tryst could have ended like any sooner than it did, you know, like. Like it ended when it ended. But I think the lesson for me 
was really like, there's no, like if a person likes you, a person likes you. If you can't be yourself with them, like, okay, maybe you get like an extra week of like pussy eating and like listening to like crappy, like scratching or like they're like shitty ass Jurassic five or whatever they listen to. You know, but um, and them like not talking and kind of like staring at their nice jawline. But like, that's really all you get. Like, you don't get that much more. So fuck the rules. I don't believe in that shit. And yeah, maybe like you can like trick someone into like marrying you using the rules. But like, first of all, you don't marry DJ Passionate. And second of all, like, do you really want to marry someone who you can't be your neurotic self with? I don't think so. Thank you so much for sharing that story with us. We have Thank you. We fit it we wrap up the show with like three questions for every guest. And the first question is what was your last kiss like? My last kiss was with my husband probably last night. I have a husband, which is revealed in the book. Um the way that's so sad today, the reason why it's so sad today is always talking about boys and, and contextual fuck boys is because my husband and I um, had an open marriage for five or an open relationship and then marriage for five years. We were monogamous for five years, then open for five years. So during that open time, I was like out gallivanting around and getting hurt. But so my last kiss was probably just very simple last night uh, with my husband. Uh, the next question that we ask every guest is... When was the last time you cried? The last time I cried was last Wednesday. I think I yeah, I was with my parents and um when I got home they like sat me down at the kitchen table at like 11 p.m. at night and kind of like laid into me about like why don't I have, they have grandchildren yet and uh what is this book and um and I actually set a boundary. And I always thought that setting a boundary would be, like, really, like, clean and you're, like, a boundary setter and a healthy human being. But it, like, basically devol- – I'm, like, not a screamer. Like, I'm, like, not really a person who – I turn all my anger inward. Like, I'm never, like, yelling at people. Mm-hmm. So – but I, like, found myself yelling and, like, there was crying and, like, an Uber was called. Like, and there was a lot of crying. Good for you for setting that boundary, though. I set that boundary. It was a messy boundary. Like, let mm-hmm. me tell you, it didn't look like the way I thought a bound- setting a boundary would look. I thought it would be like very, like, I thought I'd have like a ballerina outfit on and be like <laughs> juggling. <laughs> um, our last question is a doozy. It is, what is wrong with you? You know what? There's probably nothing wrong with me. And what's wrong with me is the terror that everything is wrong with me. Melissa Broder is a poet and essayist. She is the creator of the So Sad Today Twitter account, and that is also the title of her collection of essays, which is out now. Melissa, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you, guys. Next time on The Tell Show, first times. So if you could experience anything for the first time again, what would you experience? Sex. I mean, the first time I had sex, it wasn't really that great. So I don't think I would do that again for the first time unless it was with somebody else who was better at it. I would say home-baked cookies. If I could experience something for the first time again, it would have to be my high school prom. I went on a school tour to Berlin 
And we went out dancing and I met a guy from Ireland who played the guitar. There was just fantastic music and I kissed for the first time and it was awesome. I'd love to try that again. What did he look like? I can't remember. He had curly hair and I had a mint green sweater on and I had knitted it myself. Maybe the birth of my kid or being there for that, I mean, obviously I didn't give birth to my kid, but being there, watching him. I mean, other things can make you really happy and excited and grateful and thankful and blessed and all that stuff, but I can't quite imagine that particular feeling. Opening night of the, right before going on stage for the first time in a show where I had was playing a big role. Physically, you're like shaking, you're like sweating bullets, and then inside you're just like this huge ball of energy that's projected outwards, but you need to like focus it in so that way you can actually take the journey of the show and do that right and uh, be getting out of your own way so that way you can let the story move through you. So it was, it's a very zen-like thing as well. The Tell Show is produced by the fabulous Meg Kramer. With editorial oversight from Jenna Weiss-Berman. And production help from Julia Furlon and Eleanor Kagan. Thanks so much to Paul Ruest at Argo Studios for recording the show. And thanks to the always awesome Love Inks who composed our music. You can email us at thetellshow at buzzfeed.com, but please make sure it's romantic. <laughs> uh, and don't forget to subscribe to us on iTunes. We'll be back with another episode next week. <laughs>